Do you ever uh, ride Bolton much? Or? Oh, I see. I, where I have my pass. Oh, weird. Yeah, because because we snow skate now. Oh shit. I sh- I, I'll sh- have you seen the new ones? No. I got one in my truck. I'll show you. I should I should have brought one over. Um, we, can, we can drop it in in the uh, in post or grab it after or some shit. I'll just yeah, I can show it to you later. But it's like uh, it's basically snowboarding without bindings. Yeah, and they allow it on the lift. Yeah, so it's. I feel like what happens if it. It's a, there's a, like a, a leash. surf leash type thing oh, okay. on your belt. Is it hard? No. It's like power slides. So you're just like cruising down the hill. As long as it's not brick ice, like you're just uh. doing power slides. And it's like, some of the guys, some of the guys, the young guys can like get crazy with it. I feel Kick like flips I, and like hard flips and all that stuff. I feel like, like I stepped on one one time and it didn't go well. Um. Yeah, this is, it's, um... They they can turn now. They got side cut. They got so is it a ski under it? Yeah, it's like a ski and then a big deck on top. Uh, and then you basically just wear whatever. Like a lot of the guys that come out here wear um, wear like the Vans high tops or like winter Vans like kind of MTEs or whatever they call them. Um, they just but you can wear a snowboard boot or whatever boot a Sorel and you just you and just, people are doing flip tricks. Oh yeah, That's yeah yeah yeah. And it, like in the park doing airs and stuff, yeah. Episode 29, we got a one-of-a-kind guest, Seth Neriam, my man, welcome. Yeah, buddy. Well, like he said, when you walked in, you're one of the first people we thought of when uh, we started this little show, oh. podcast, any of that. Thanks. Pioneer of the scene. Yeah, yeah, been around for a minute. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Beerlington, obviously, is kind of like the first thing that comes to mind, so we yeah. just sparked there. Because, um, like, Shed the Rad was basically when I, like, moved to Vermont, which yeah. you're involved with as well. Yeah, good friends with Ethan back in the day. I haven't yeah. seen him in a long time, but, yeah, he yep. was he was uh, oh, oh. <laughs> old dirty Ethan, oh, ripping. Amazing. Yo, shout yep. out, Ethan, and yeah, yeah. player. What up? Yeah. I hope you're doing well out in SF. Um, yeah, and then, like, Teo, too, is that, did they make it together, or was that, like... I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure uh, how that one was. I just remember, like, Sean Carpenter carcass tossing down that double set okay. uh, at the courthouse yeah. I was there and they're like are you okay he's like no his <laughs> <laughs> runs off uh, but yeah so Shred the Rad was what nine nine-ish yeah I, I feel like Shred the Rad came out right before Beerlington right before Beerlington um, which was what year uh, we were editing well we were editing that in 98 so okay. I wonder if Shred the Rad came out a little earlier that yeah, year yeah. or something yeah because I was at the premiere for Shred the Rad and then I feel like Burlington must have been like either the same year or like the very yeah, it was next. very close yeah. it was very close um, yeah and that was kind of an interesting moment because uh, you know there was I don't want to say there were there was like it felt like two different groups of skaters it was like we were the older guys that were kind of you know even in 98 we kind of felt a little still yeah. a little older I mean we we're probably in our mid late 20s there were a lot of college kids in the like shred the rad thing I feel like yeah 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 I guess so yeah I guess there were whereas yeah. Burlington was very like local core yeah. yeah but I mean I started filming in 94 and it was just um you know we didn't have a uh, place to watch it really other than hooking up the you know the RCAs to a TV to watch footage what that we shot what are you filming on um I had a, it was a high 8 camera 
Um, it was like, I think I still actually have the camera. It was a, a Nikon, um, yeah, just a basic high eight camera and Super a screw on picture. Screw on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Screw on wide angle lens. Yeah. And then, um, shot with that for a couple of years and just stacking footage for no reason. Just like, you know, uh, there was no purpose. There was like, no, like, Oh, we're going to make a, a video one day. Yeah, Cause yeah. we didn't have editing equipment. We didn't even know who would have editing equipment. And, um, but I was always into cameras and I was always into filming. I was like the filmer of the crew. I mean, we, skating was first and then filming. And, yep. you know, it was something I was excited to do for my friends. Like filmed a lot with Herb, yep. um, Herb George and, uh, yeah, Jay Rabine, um, Parker, A-Dog, all those guys um, and roommates. Yeah. But uh, well, naturally, when you have that much talent around you, you're like, oh, someone's got to be documenting this, you know? It's yeah. Like how it went for me as well. Yeah. yeah I mean, uh, the, I think the, one of the first things we we worked on, and everything was editing in camera. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, you, yeah. Know, you yeah. know, you just pull back and yeah, and it's type. Yeah. Yeah. Um, first thing was uh, made a uh, sponsor me tape for Herb, and um, he he was like really interested to try to get on stereo or you know something, and m- made this really cool, fun, creative. Um, video and I, I'm not sure whatever came of it as far as like VHS tapes getting sent out to yeah. deluxe or anything but it was something that we worked on it was really fun yeah it's more about the process than the result right yeah um, it's funny someone sent me a Thrasher article from way back mm-hmm. god I don't even know what do you know I'm referencing here yeah and it's like uh, about Marlon de Vermont yeah and like I know Herb was in it Ray yeah um, yeah, Zach Conley had a big ollie. Zach was one of our roommates, um, and he had a... Was that J.D. Zach? No, uh, no. Um, he was just, uh, he was, uh, I, w- I wouldn't say he was passing through, but he, he lives still in Vermont. I think he lives in the Northeast Kingdom now, but he was like this kid who was just like, he skated a lot different than we did. Like, he was doing like popping high nollies and um, long nose grinds at the courthouse, and, you know, this is like mid-90s. Yeah probably 95 and he just had like a really good style and and so he he was you know part of our crew right away but yeah in that thrasher article like he had a big ollie um at the uvm library stair gap you know the one like around the corner it's like i don't know it's like maybe an eight down and then a three or two the other way yeah yeah like if you're looking at the door kind of like to the right yeah it's in the corner type thing well he he cracked the thing over the whole over over the handrail and everything so and you know he and rabine i think were like in as far as i knew were the only ones that really sent it off that but he had a full page photo in that herb had a sequence i had like a wall ride ethan had a grind yeah it was cool was your wall ride at the um dentist bank no that mine i think was um gosh was that where was that it was it was either um at the top of church street Okay. Church and Pearl, I think. Oh, I used yeah. to like that spot there. That's where I think that one was. Oh, like by the Masonic Temple and shit. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You got an in over there or what? No. <laughs> My friend Gary Land shot those photos, though. Oh, right. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. No doubt. Um, well, like I said, I a lot of my influence came from yourself and everyone who you're mentioning before, so respect and thank you. Yeah. Because I feel like, you know, with the years that we put in as well, wouldn't have been possible without the influence of all y'all. You know what I mean? Well, I, I will say that um, there were, you know, people that came before us. There were actually a lot of locals that were um, that were really influential to a lot of us that didn't grow up here. 
um, which I think is a pretty interesting story in a, in, in a, in a time that, um, you know, when we're, you're trying to figure out what you're going to do in your life or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there was this moment that, you know, like-minded people from all over the state started moving to Burlington because, you know, it was the most urban um, setting for skating, which meant we had concrete and, you know, <laughs> some, some traffic, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there was a music culture here that, you know, that was really cool. and Punk, fun. a lot of punk. Uh, there reggae. was a p- pretty healthy punk scene. There was a really good dancehall reggae scene, you know, and, like, if you were... If you knew that you could go to these basement parties, you would go and, you know, you yeah. would see all the other, you know, locals like mm-hmm. ripping turntables and guys from outside of Burlington. Uh, myself, I came from Warren. Herb came from Essex. That's where you grew up before coming here? Mm-hmm. Warren? Yep. And A-Dog came from St. Albans. Yeah. You know, Darren Rice was in Virgins. The Razo brothers were in Bennington. It was like this whole... Shout out to you, no? <laughs> There was this whole group of like-minded people that just wanted to come to Burlington to really to skate, I yeah. think, you know, and then just get immersed into like the energy. Yeah. The energy was great. Yeah, melt, yeah. Melting pot, so to speak. Um, I actually ran into Tino at third and army in SF when I lived out there. So oh yeah. It's probably like at least 10 years ago at this point. Kind of was like looking at me and I was like, mm-hmm. I like no man, a little bit, you know, I was a little kid, but yeah, I was like, yeah, Tino. He's like, yeah, why you look familiar? I was like, oh, Burlington, like Travis. He's like, oh, word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's sweet. Um, So let's go back a sec. Like, how did you get into the whole skate, snowboard, all that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, who who put you on? Yeah, um, actually, uh, it was probably, I think, I was trying to think about, like, exactly when I started. I think it was, like, 84, 85. And I was on a trip visiting some relatives in Maryland. And my cousin, um, my cousin Bob, who was a year younger than me, um, he had just gotten into skating, and he was skating. I know he had like I believe he had a Vision Gons or a Vision Gator. Right. I'm, I'm try- but uh, I was down there for like a week, and um, you know we skated all over uh, Maryland, Baltimore, and it was like you know tic tac sessions at, just learning. Just no, sharing. no, he actually had uh, a friend. You know, he had another board for me to use, and, um, and so I got to use it for like a week, and it was just like you know learning the basics right like tic-tac you know uh just r- really just trying to like there was fucking chills even just thinking about like those moments you know the yeah. early so like just how fascinating it all was yeah i mean we must have been like 13 something like that and yeah. so it was just like really um i don't know it just you know it, i'm yeah. free <laughs> yeah it was yeah, it was uh, i remember that but came back to warren and um uh, I don't I don't remember really talking to my parents too much about like wanting a skateboard, but I must have you know been you know interested in it. And um, Christmas complete. You know, it was actually it was um, I think it was like in the spring, early summer that they came. There was a shop on Main Street called the Downhill Edge. Okay. It was Lower Main, um, like a little bit below where Ski Rack is now. It was down there. Oh, it was like Burlington. a ski. Yeah, in Burlington. Okay. Uh, it was like a ski ski shop mm-hmm. and. We, you know, somehow they took me up there, and they had skate decks on the wall, of completes and whatnot. And uh, I, I picked like a Vision team board, and um, I, st- I mean, I still have the deck no way. today. Um, I mean, it's thrashed, but it's um, uh, it has plug a picture there. Yeah, it had blue 
tracker truck, plastic base plate tracker trucks, yeah, yeah. Sims, two-tone wheels, nose guard, tail guard rails, bird, wow. like a thing weighed like a hundred pounds. Uh, yeah, like, it was, yeah, but, um, I wonder why you're so ripped. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it, um, and I remember it was like 150 bucks for years in 1984, 85. Was there anything else, anything that stayed the same price for all the years? Like skate skateboards just went up. I know they're 60 now, but they were 50 decks or 49 forever. Yeah. Like since I was born. Yeah. And back then, like, I think you bought a complete, I don't think it was. Um, and you got all those add on accessories, but it was like, yeah. And, and we didn't, I didn't know any different, you know, I was like, Oh, I I need rails. I don't know what for I need a, I don't know what this bird thing is, but you know, I actually, I might've even had copers on it. I mean, copers were like, um, plastic guards that went on top of the, of the truck. So when you were grinding a pool, uh, it was like, it was like, a plastic piece that went cluck right on top of the trucks and it just made you grind better Weird. or faster or whatever. Noob, I never I did that. I've never heard of a fucking coper. That's yeah. insane. Copers. Hey, something you got to cope with. Um, copers. Copers. Yeah, I learn something new every day. Yeah. Um, well, so you, your first official board was like a good board because you always hear the stories of people getting like, you know, the, the, yeah. the bomba cloud ass set up yeah. or whatever and they're like, and then I finally got the real board. So you went right to it. Yeah, but the, uh, you know, the other challenge was I grew up on a dirt road. Okay. And it was, um, it took, a, it was a mile to concrete or asphalt. And that was the main road to get down to Warren Village, where we actually had a pretty decent, like, skate, skate place. Like, it was, um, well, it was just like, everything was like really close. There was like curbs to skate. There was a loading dock to skate. Um, the fire station had like really good banks. Is anyone else skating around there at this time? Yeah, so that summer there was probably about eight of us skating. And it was just like, you know, our summer days were like jump in the Mad River, dry off on the asphalt, tic-tac around, up and down the street, driving people crazy. What was the response from like the community at the time? Like were cops or anybody fucking with you? Absolutely hated us. Absolutely. I mean, cars would try to... You know, they would not slow down for you because we were there every single day. Imagine like six to eight kids in the street, just like. And that's the only that's the only place. That's where you're going. So it's like it's not like it's not yeah. good options. Yeah, right? the, yeah. The Warren Vermont population, what these days? I, don't I have know. no idea. Not many. Not many. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, skating there. I mean, it was it was like, uh, you know, it, like those summers were the best. Yeah. And we had friends that would come in from other towns that were into skating or, you know, other states that would come in and we just became, you know, all of us came, became yeah. really good friends and had this many sick, summers. Sick Park and Warren now. Shout out uh, Jeff and Pierre Hall. Yeah. Uh, for putting that together. They've been building that for years. Mm-hmm. I actually saw them up at Bolton the other day. That was dope. You know, a crazy story about that, that park, because back then we actually, there, there were some parents that were into like trying to get us something to skate, get out of the streets of, of Warren. Yeah. And, um, when you're pulling up to that park and you come up that hill and before you make the right turn to go down on yeah, like dirt school. Ground, so right in that corner, set back in the woods, they actually brought an excavator up there in the woods. You can't see it from the road. You have to walk up to it. Yeah. And they dug out and enti- they were trying to make like a Del Mar pool for us. But they only got as far as they I mean. They literally dug out this huge then, hole like, in the ground. Just bureaucracy. And then they just, they, and then nothing came of it. But it was like we were all excited. We thought there was going to be a park that you know, like a, a old a man, pool. Old, old man Warren vetoed that shit or something. You know, I don't know what happened. I just think uh, it because they did dig it. But uh, then, uh, but a lot of people don't know that history crazy. of it. Yeah. Crazy. 
No doubt. Um, so you were, we're going to bounce around because, sure. you know, that's the fuck we do. I'm a space case. Um, you were a professional snowboarder, right? Mm-hmm. For years for Nitro. It was like yeah, European sponsor. brand. Yep. I was just reading that you were a three-time half-pipe world champion. Is mm-hmm. that true? I won three con yeah, I won a couple of contests. Yeah, yeah don't be modest. Yeah. yeah. That's what's up. That was yeah. dope. So what around what year was that? Because I feel like when I first met you, people would tell me they're like, Oh, pro snowboard, all that. Mm. And I'm like, Well, cool, but like I wasn't super into snowboard at the time and I'm like, I just know this is a dude who made Beerlington shit. Yeah. But like you had this whole other life concurrently and prior as well. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean I grew up in Warren, it's at Sugarbush. So I mean we grew up skiing and you know, my Family was a ski bum family, which meant they arrived in Vermont in the 60s and yeah. never left and, you know, um, wanted to uh, raise a family on the hill. Could be worse. Could be worse, <laughs> right. No, it was, you know, yeah, thank you, mom and dad. Um, no, but they, uh, um, let's see. Yeah, I was like, I was really into skiing. I was into free skiing and doing all that kind of stuff. Um, you started skiing before snowboarding? Oh, yeah, yeah. Go. I, I was skiing since I was two, you know, and, um, and... Um, see, I guess when we were about like, so uh, this is actually interesting. This is like, I'm really proud of this story right here because it was, it, it means a lot. But like when, when I was, uh, I guess I was like, uh, must've been 16. Uh, um, and there was a, it was this second skate contest that happened in Burlington. It was actually at Letty Park. And, um, there was a, uh, every once in a while, the Slam Bam City Jam would come up. Okay. And yeah, Maddie had referenced that. Yeah. yeah. And um, the the second one, I would have to say it was, uh, uh, you know, it was like from that era, it was probably the last one, but it was at Letty Park, and there were two shops in town. It was the boarding house and the B-side. Okay. And the boarding house was owned by Andy and Jack Coughlin, and Andy was on the Burton Pro Team. He was like a... Six-time uh, U.S. Open champion. It's be he the was, beginning of Burton, right? Uh, he was he was uh, he was from that area, yeah. down in the uh, Manchester, London area. Yeah. So he was part of the whole beginning, mm-hmm. but he was on the early Burton team, and um, uh, he and his brother opened up a shop on Center Street. There was a uh, Revolution Kitchen was there, and I think before that was like an Army Navy Next store, to the Planet and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that was the the boarding house, mm-hmm. and um. And then up on North Winooski Street was the B-side. Yeah. And we're, we weren't from town. We were from Warren. So we didn't really know the dynamics between the two stores. They right? had beef. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't. I think it was like whatever it was. It yeah, wasn't yeah. big. You know, it was just, yeah. it, it was, yeah, just, it was natural, you know, just natural beef, yeah. right, whatever. Um, but, you know, really, we weren't affiliated with either. And we were just skaters that were coming up here. You ever try to leverage them against each other? You're like, they told me. <laughs> no, unfortunately, um, boarding house ended up, um, you know, going out of business or not, or, or they just moved on to go back to snowboarding or something like yeah. that. But, um, they had this skate contest and, um, in Letty park. That was a two part contest, right? Like Maddie was talking about. No, this was, well, you know, Maddie's was really interesting and I actually found newspaper articles, uh, recently on that. My friend Rose just shared like this whole article on, uh, which was, I guess, um, the paper was created by uh, um, Jane Sanders. Yeah. You know, she ran like the youth centers and, and, yeah, yeah. and started all that stuff. Well, she, they also was like a publication that had a ton of like the music scene here oh. at that time and the skate scene. Kind of like a seven days before seven days. Kind of. Yeah. And it, it was, it was like 
really fun to go through and read. And I was like, uh, I saw that they had a contest. The ones that Maddie were talking about when they would go out to Richmond yeah. and there was like a vert ramp out there. Well, that was happening when we were skating in Warren, but we had no idea that that was happening over here. And we were so young, it's not like we could drive and go yeah, how find you? things. Yeah, there's no internet or anything. Yeah. You're not just going to turn to Richmond. Like, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. But to hear the guys that were skating that vert ramp, Fred Smith, I mean, he was pro for Alva, yeah. uh, Scott Klum. He yeah, was Klum. so important to uh, the snowboarding and skateboarding scene on the East yeah. Coast and the West Coast. He was like... Morrow Snowboards designer, Sim Snowboards designer. I mean, um, to, to hear those heavies back then that were at this event. In Little Richmond. Yeah, and then, I know, right? And then then they would move to Burlington to have a street contest. Um, so that was... you were at? Well, yeah. Um, so the ones that I, I participated in didn't have the, the vert component. It was just a street yeah. contest. And the first one that I was in was at the top of the block of uh, Church Street. Yeah. And they would bring in like an old car that was all spray painted up and then like an I-beam and like, you know, a couple launch ramps and quarter pipes and that kind of thing. And it was like, you know, it was really 80s skating. It was like street plants and launch ramps. I couldn't even fathom like, because obviously like years later, just how much they fucked with us. The fact that there was like community support at that time. For, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because after that, it's like you even like put your boy down for a second. They're taking it. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was a definitely a long era of that for Crazy. sure. But in the '80s, there obviously everything was different. Yeah. yeah. So this contest back at Letty, which was the, you know, the second one that I, I participated in. Um, so, get to, long story short, is I ended up winning this contest. There we go. And which is kind of I mean we were like it was like launch ramps and yeah. you know what are you um, doing. Uh, I mean, we're doing 360 judos, Christ airs, you know, all that, all that kind of stuff. Um, the flying off, like yeah, air walks, early, early grab stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, it ended up being like a launch ramp contest. And um, Andy Coglin award awarded me a Burton snowboard. So I'm like, were you kind of, were you kind of like, what? I was like, you know, I never, you know, nothing like that had ever happened to me before. So I was like, oh my god, and I didn't even know who he was. Oh, okay, and um. So he, he, I get this snowboard and I take it home because I'm a skier and I put it on my wall as a trophy. I was like so proud of it. It's going on the wall. <laughs> and it sat there for, you know, at least a season. That's hilarious. And, um, and then all my buddies that I grew up with in Warren uh, started snowboarding. You pulled and, it off the wall. <laughs> yeah, but I was, you know, I was going to a ski racing academy. Like I was like, oh. I would, and I was terrible. I, w I was never going to be a ski racer. Yeah. And, um, one day, the one of the coaches was like, hey, you know, let's take a break from skiing. Why don't you try something else? And um, I was like, all right, I'm gonna, I'll try the snowboard. So, yeah. like, mounted it up, got some bindings, started um, started up. And back then, you had to get certified. So it was like you had to be able to turn left, right, and stop. And certified then, what? To, like, to be on the lift? The lift mm -hmm. oh. Yeah. So they would give you, like, a certification. That's, val that's valid, honestly. That's yeah. valid. Well, back then, yeah, because <laughs> they didn't know how it was going to end up for you. But... That's how I started snowboarding because Andy Coglin. So you pulled it off the wall. I pulled it off the wall, and and he, yeah, he he pretty much jump started my Word my up. snowboarding career. Hey, shout out to you, Andy Coglin, yeah, dog. Yeah. Right. Um, so did you have bindings and everything, or you had to get that? I had to scrounge up some bindings. Yeah, yeah but mow some lawns or some shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. It's funny you say that because it was all about mowing lawns to get right. a skate deck or whatever it was. I mean, was... You're, you're a little older, but I'm not so young that I didn't mow lawns. You <laughs> know what I mean? Yeah, straight up. I'm, I'm from the meet me on the playground at recess era as well. Yeah. 
Um, that's dope. So you were you hooked instantly, or it took a little while. I mean, there was like um, you know the the equipment was more challenging to ride but the stoke was there so you just like you know you wanted to be up there and all your friends are learning and you know i look at it um i you know i think when everyone begins like you know you're like the weakest link in the in the crew right and you got to keep up so that's the motivation because there's always somebody ahead of you that's ripping and you want to keep up with them so that was it you're like go see you in 10 years yeah yeah for me for sure i was the biggest poser for you know for a grip. I just want to be a part of it. I was yeah. hyped, you know. I used to, like, try to ollie off courthouse into the grass type. Like, sure. Whatever, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I know y'all remember. Look at me now. No. Um, <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, how long would you say it took for you to, like, fully get, like, um, just in it? Like, to the point where you're like, yo, this is a thing. Yeah, I think, um, so we, I think a season went by, and the next season we were interested to try competitions. Because you were pro pretty young, weren't you? Um, we started snowboarding when we were like 16, 17 years old. Uh-huh. And then uh, probably, I think it was like 20 when we went pro. That's dope. Yeah. What do you it say, was a lot of work, say we? Who are you talking about? Those are the, um, there's a lot of guys that grew up in, in Warren that went to, you know, the road sugar bush that ended up having a career. Good. Yeah. Big uh, them up. Yeah. Jason King. Uh, he was a local skater, snowboarder. Um, Seth Miller, my, one of my best friends, um, he, he was, he, we were on the same team together. Um, Lucas and Jesse Huffman, you oh, know, yeah. um, Ali yeah. Goulet, like all these guys. And it, Huffman's, uh, in like, uh, fuck what's it called? Maybe like a zero gravity in New Hampshire. I want to say one of them was at, there used to be an indoor skate park there in like the early nineties. I want to okay. say one of them was there. Yeah. They both rip. Yeah, and I mean they they had great great snowboard careers, and they, yeah. yeah, they're they're just good. So people. all y'all from Warren all went pro. Uh, there was quite a few of us. Yeah, That's yeah. It was like I want to say it was like six or seven of us that That's ended up having a career. Yeah, and we, we were pushing each other, but we were encouraging each other. That's what it, was, it takes, right? Yeah. That's what it takes. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's uh, it's not a, like it's competitive, but it's also camaraderie. But it's like you need that next year. Like oh. You heard Seth just did that through, and you're like, well, yeah. now, now, now we're all learning that, you know, and like, yeah. you know, same way with the skating shit, right? Yeah. People are always like, what's in the water up there? I'm like, well, it's not really that. It's more like there would be no Dave Bears without the Marshall Heath, without the Colin Hales, the Kyle Burrow, you know what I mean? Yeah. To, to push each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's dope. So how did it go down at that time to like get pro for snowboarding, like in little warm Vermont, like yeah. who are you reaching out to and shit. Well, it was, uh, it was, you know, it, it, it's. I think back about it now, it's like it was a lot of work, you know. But it was like all it, we wouldn't have done it any different. But how do you know, like, who would even hit up? There's no internet. There's yeah, no. You, so you know, um, we're all you know we're doing local, regional uh, snowboard competitions. That was half pipe your main gym? Like half pipe, but back then you also did gates too, just because it was like you. Slalom touch it? Yeah. So you had like, um, because if you wanted to get into like the US Open, you had to have an overall score, and it was like all these like political things. Yeah. And it was like all these like little things you had to do to get enough points to get into the the main event or something like that. That's the only reason I'm not in the Olympics and shit, because I don't skate vert. I'm lying. Yeah, so you do everything just. Yeah, to so you you would stack up contest results, you know, and if you had like top threes, then you would go. We would we would drive like I'm not even kidding you. We would drive with zero money from here to Atlantic City, New Jersey, to go to a trade show, 
where they're trying to sell gear to shops and you get this like group of snowboarder guys coming in and handing out resumes and trying to get a sponsor. Hey, yeah. I, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, in the first year you get nothing oh. and then your resume gets a little better and you, you start to get, oh yeah, I remember you. Let's try that. You know, uh, you're not sleeping on the couch anymore. You actually get the bed. Yeah. You, there was a lot of couch, <laughs> yeah. there's many couch days. Of course. At but, best. <laughs> but, you know, skating played a huge role because all those guys I talked about all skated and we, you know, winters are tough up here. So, and we have these dreams of skating vert, but there's, you know, in our town, there's no vert ramp, but all of a sudden now you have a snowboard, you have a board that's attached to your feet. And when you get into a half pipe, you can like emulate all the stuff that you wanted to do on a skateboard on a snowboard. So that was like when the skate style really came into snowboarding. All right, so right quick. You're someone who can speak on this. Let's put this conversation to rest. Professional snowboarder, dope skateboarder, filmer, all that. What's harder? Skating. Duh! <laughs> all day long. Save it. Uh, but snowboarders dope because you can go f- huge. Yeah, and I mean, you can, you can I'm get... not hating on snowboard. I'm no. just saying. You know what I mean? For y'all motherfuckers out there, like, oh, save <laughs> it. Um, but so, you, did you ever fathom that you would have a career as a professional snowboarder? Was that the goal, or were you just doing it because it was it was dope? It wasn't the goal in the beginning. No, yeah. not at all. But like when, um, when there was like that thought that you know, oh, like maybe I can do something in half pipe, and like maybe I can like you know, yeah, uh, make something of it. Yeah, just started. I mean, there was like. Jay Rabine was a pro snowboarder for a little while, oh, you know. I didn't know that. And yeah, he was ripping, you know. And it's like I always knew you were fans. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, like all of our friends that skate, because like again, like in the winters are so yeah. long here. It's like we couldn't skate year round, so we we would do the next yeah. thing, which was snowboard. And it was so hard to like, you know, we didn't skate for six months, so I felt like that was so hard for like the progression because the first month or two when it comes back around you're just trying to get dialed back in i mean sure you might fuck around in a parking garage or something like that right yeah. but until you know talent oh i had later. many sessions with herb george uh in like zero degree weather yeah. at royal tyler yeah. on those curbs up there and just like freezing but had to skate you know or in the garages under kinko's and there's like the double-sided curb in there like yeah. we we anywhere we could skate we would that's skate. that dave Abair shit he used to shovel out the yeah. eight stair in st albans like, and, like yeah. skate this in the middle of winter my g um well that's dope man that's dope um so obviously raybon uh herb darren all those people you spoke about coming back to kind of the skate thing what was kind of like the energy like in burley like at the time when you were coming here, like were people accepting when you came through or was it like, Hey, open arms or. Yeah. So when we were like, when we all turned 16, that was like the, you know, you get, you get a car and you can like go travel places to skate. So from Warren, we would go to Montpelier, we would go to Burlington and then like on super treks, we would go down to Bennington and, um, you know, Bennington had a, a outdoor skate park, the Cutting Edge, or in, indoor outdoor. Uh, uh-huh. It was it was amazing, and that's where Mark and Tino and Andre. Was that the first like official park in Vermont? Ah, uh, gosh, I mean, it, uh, I guess like as a park, it was a shop and a park. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like, you know, those guys, or the <laughs> Mark and Andre and Tino, they would come to Burlington. So all of a sudden, you know, Vermont doesn't feel so like big I, not that it's big but you know what i mean like it all of a sudden you're like it is when you're 16 and you live in the middle right of the but there's all these groups of yeah you know 
people that are interested in skateboarding. But was everybody like clicked up and like accepting, or was it kind of like cool guy shit? Um, in the beginning, of course, like when you come into a new scene, there's like a little a bit of a vibe, yeah. you know? Yeah, you know, like you might, um, but that it kind of like goes away really quick once you keep coming and like, yeah. you know, if you, I'm here to stay, I'm here to skate, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. and like, yeah. and you skate and I skate, so why don't we, yeah. you know, I ain't going nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I will say there, uh, you know, two of the the skaters who are no longer with us that um, were so important to the Burlington scene were, were Kerry Stanton and Dave Powers. And, um, yeah, um, those guys, wow. To skate with those guys and was, uh, like... I feel like I know those homies, but I don't. But yeah. Just because of all the people who I respect have just, you know, nothing but uh, kudos for them. So. Yeah, I mean, Kerry was such a good skater. I mean, really talented, you know, and just natural, raw talent, great style, kind great quite pop. quite the ladies' man, too. Went big. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> all of that. Dave, same thing, like, just power. I mean, you know, just so much. He was, so, both of them were rad. That's dope. That's yeah. dope. Was, uh, was Tino the first, uh, like, pro skater in Vermont? I feel like he was definitely the first one I knew of. Yeah, I think what he skated for rookie. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, yeah like yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, he he was probably the one that got a a, a pro model. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like there's a, like you know there's always the people who are like, you're pro, but you're not pro till you have the you know till yeah. you have a board. Yeah, like we did a little trivia show, and uh, one of the questions was what year did Colin Hale go pro, or how old was he? <laughs> and I believe he was like twenty nine. Yeah, he was twenty nine, and Clint really, went, yeah, is that insane? Hmm. And Clint goes, uh, 24, I got, I mean, Colin's been pro since he was 17, right? Like, whatever, on yeah. a level, mm-hmm. right? But sure. he never actually went pro to 29. Wow. Which is insane. Yeah. God, he's amazing. So. Like. So, like, human, skater, everything, yeah. Like, the best, yeah. the best. He's one of my favorite to watch, you the know. Best. Anytime he skates, I just want to watch. You oh, know? A thousand percent. Like, a thousand percent. Yeah. Um, I feel blessed to have. A friend like him, and yeah. you know all the all our squad here. We got a yeah. special thing going on up yeah. here. You know, yeah. what I mean? um, let's pivot for a sec. Let's talk uh, driven. Sure. So like driven. Uh, once you break down for the folks at home, don't necessarily have to look at the camera. But if you ever want to do like one of these moments, that'll be yours. Yes, just break down kind of like driven, how that all came through, what it is, if you will. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Driven's a creative studio. Started, you know, back in two thousand seven. Yeah, and um, was mostly graphic design, a um, little bit of video production, but not not much because back then it was still wasn't um, what wasn't as a demand for it as there is today. So your graphic design background comes from Champlain. Is yep, it, uh, Champlain. Yep. So after my snowboarding career, went to Champlain College for you know degree in graphic design, uh-huh. and um, and then after that, uh, just you know. Really started freelancing, yeah. and who were you freelancing with? Like Jagger, JD Cage? No, um, so I started actually. It was uh, started freelancing with Burton. Oh, you know, so doing like uh, tech packs, which means like putting putting clothing documents together for you know when they send to the factories to get made or um, colorways for you know uh, the, the the clothing or when you're freelancing that. How what's that like? I don't quite understand how that process goes. I know I should. People think I'm way smarter than I am. Um, but, like, if you're freelance, how are you – you're just doing it and hoping that they're going to be receptive to it? Or? No, so this is like you're actually – like, so you, 
you know, um, you'd get hired like on some gig worker type. Thing. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So you know, I would. See, I know. I would. My uh, and you know, all of this is people you know. Yeah. Right. Um, and like, I had a good friend, Corey McDonald. Oh. He worked at at Burton, and um, he had some production work that he want. He was like, I need some help on some production. So he and Joe Blecka and um, and Nick Daggs. Uh, they would, and Jeff Largen, they would be like, you know, throwing me bones. Like, hey, I need some help on some backpack tech work, or I need, like, colorways done for clothing. Or, commission type thing. Um, not even commission. No, it's like an hourly hourly rate oh, okay. thing. But I'm not working for the company. I'm working for myself. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, like, you know, you're charging an hourly rate, yeah. and, you know, you work 20 hours a week or 30 hours a week, and then you send them an invoice, and yeah. you, know, you get paid. And So it was little things like that. So And you were always, like, a go-getter, right? So, yeah. like, if they were like, oh, we need something, you're like, sure. Oh, yeah. Let me get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you're also in, like, the the full... You know, like the learning stages. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah, the, yeah, yeah. You're not. You're, not you're in the tic tac yeah, stages. Yeah. And for like people at home and shit, like get it. Like if you're trying to get started in it, just like yes, take these opportunities, grind on. You know, because that's like I've done some of that. Whatever. Like one of my regrets in life is times where I like thought my value was more, but in actuality, the value is in just doing it and being that dude that they can reach out, you know, and other opportunities come from. Exactly. Which, you know, later in you life gotta put you yourself learn. out there. Yeah, later in life you learn that. You know, it's not always about, like, right now. You know? It's, right. It's about uh, forever. Yeah. I mean, I always, like, associate, like, what we do at Driven, even now. It's like, when we started skating and we started snowboarding and we didn't know what we were doing, you know, like, you're learning to tic-tac, you're learning to turn, you're learning to, like, all these, like, things. It's like, how long did it take you to learn how to do a kickflip, right? Fuck, do I have to admit this one? Like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, over a year for sure. Right. I heel flipped first. But you... but all those tricks, like, you had to see it, and then you had to, like, think about how to do it, and then you try it, and it takes forever. But that's the same thing with, you know, other you you know, careers. You gotta you know? fall sometimes. Yeah, so, like, if you're doing, you know, graphic design, you gotta lean on people like, hey, what? Yeah. how do I do this? Or, you know, all, all those things. It's just very similar Um you know, if mindset. Yeah, yeah totally. Know, so. uh, the grind. The grind. Pun intended. Um, so, like, how long did you do the freelance jam kind of as your main thing? Yeah, right? so I started freelancing in 2005, and, and like, by by 2007, I, I had some success with it where I was like, okay, I don't want to work under, like, my name. I don't want to, you know, I was trying to come up with, like, a name to, like, you know, to, to like, basically put on the you know, working as driven studio. That's basically where it came. And, you know, it, it kind of spoke to me. So I was just like, okay, this is a, this is a cool name. I can relate to this a little bit. I was driven to skate. I was driven to snowboard. You know, I've been like, I feel like I've been a driven individual. Was it intimidating to like go all in to start it? Um, or do you just know like you it, were doing all this already you just need to kind of like organize to be under your own umbrella type thing? Yeah. I was just like, I just wanted to work. I didn't want to work under my own, name really like yeah. Neary Design or something like that it's in, that wasn't that didn't interest me when you're me. getting like the office space and like equipment and all that you know like it's a commitment you know, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah I'm sure you oh I mean to be honest like I had no there was no business plan there was no like um you know I want to um I want to freelance I want to turn it into like this business and then you know 10 years down the road I want to like have a you know 23 employees so you're just freestyling uh, yeah, I mean, a little bit. Yeah, it was like, okay, you get a lot of work. Oh, I need to hire somebody to help me out with this. There's plenty of work to do that. And then what the, the, the 
the one of the big things that um, in 2007, I met my now business partner, Joe, and we met in a hallway in our office and, and we had right away, I could say we had very, we had similarities and we both like snowboarding. He was a surfer. I'm a skater. We both like video. He was, he was video editing and I invited him. I said, Hey, why don't you come in and work out of our office? And it was myself, my friend, Sky and Joe, and we were in this office Mm -hmm. and, um, we were like, hey, pull up, pull up a seat at the end of Sky's desk. He had a big desk, and you know, two hundred bucks a month on the rent, right? And he was, he was like, absolutely, because he was working out of his house. Yeah. So the three of us, we had this synergy going on where we all were rooting for each other's business. He was freelance. Joe was freelancing. Sky was starting a, a digital asset management company, and I was doing creative work as well. They were driving each other. Yeah, we're totally. Um, encouraging each other, feeding up the energy was really, really solid. And it's what we needed. I mean, we had fun, but it was heads down, like getting, getting work. You need, you need, uh, driven people around you. Mm -hmm. And, um, it just makes you want to thrive. Well, it's like when you're skating, you want good skaters around you to push you and progression. And that's what, that's what we started doing. And it was like, you know, Oh, I got some t-shirt graphics I got to do for Burton or, um, Cabot Cheese, they want, uh, they, they need some graphic design work over here. And, you know, uh, my friend Roberta McDonald gave me so many opportunities to, to, to work with them. I'm so glad that you went there. This is, see the way the show works is so natural. So I want to talk about Luis Guzman. <laughs> and uh, I remember one time, I can't quite remember how, but I was at Driven with you randomly or whatever, and you're like, oh, Luis, we're doing something, and then it was like a Cabot thing, right, mm-hmm. that he was involved with or whatever. Yeah. Can you, A, remind me, because yeah. I'm a fucking space cadet, and also tell the people at home a little bit about that? Yeah, so my my good friend, Roberta McDonald, who is the senior VP of marketing at Cabot, which means she's like top of the, you know, she's the marketing SVP. She's getting that cheese. <laughs> And she wanted to produce some commercials uh, featuring Luis Guzman. Yeah. And Luis is from, well, he's from the Lower East Side in Manhattan. But Lower East Side. He's lived in Vermont now, what, 25 years. Yeah. And at the time, it was like 15 years. And she says, uh, yeah, we want to do this, you know, these spots with Luis. So she calls me. Now, this is still before we're way into video production. Like, I still have a VX, you know, like. And I'm thinking, like, this is way out of my league. So here's here, this is a great story. But it's not HD at this time yet, is it? Oh yeah, is it? Yep. Like so check this out. Beginning of it. Beginning yeah. Well, the red cameras were. It was the first time we used red. Okay. I didn't use the red, but yeah. check this out. So I call my good friend Andre Razo, okay, who spent a lot of time skating with him, and we spent a lot of time in, in New York together. And legend. Yeah, and I mean, he, like, he's a mentor for me. So I call him up, and I'm like, hey, I got this uh, shoot I'm doing with uh, Luis Guzman. Can you, like, give me an idea of somebody who can direct? And uh, he says, uh, what about Tobin Yelland? And I'm like, the skate photographer? The guy who, like, shoots Andy Roy and, like, all that SF stuff and made, you know, the the video fucktards? That guy? And it, he's, like, he's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. And so I... You, get a hold of his contacts. Get a hold of Tobin. Tobin assembles a team. They come to Vermont, and Tobin's directing. And um, uh, let's see. There was a guy that was, you know, back then, like the red cameras needed like several people to, like, you know, 
take uh, manage all the footage and you know do all you know it was a big process yeah, yeah. back then. But Luis came up. We worked with him for a half day, and he was like so pleasant, so fun to work with, and yeah, it was it was a great experience. But yeah. Tobin was like, I was like, oh, wait a second, I get to work with like the coolest skate photographer. Like, oh, this is gonna, yeah, be, yeah. yeah, it was sick. So, let's try to plug whatever, throw in on a little scene from it, unless it's copyright, whatever, something or yeah, a link to it, some shit like that. Boom! Oh, oh, what would it take for you to try the best cheddar on the planet? Would it convince you if you knew all the awards that it won? Should I tell you it's age naturally or that is from Vermont? What if I just told you cabin? Do I really need to say more? I don't think so. Okay. That was just playing around. As you play around, Louie, try to do it so you're not putting your fingers over the face of the package. Can you have, yeah, like, do it like I was just playing. Okay. Um... But I, again, I just always thought it was such a trip. You're like, yeah, Luis Guz. I was like, what? The dude from Traffic? Yeah, like, the dude from Boogie Nights? Yeah, yeah. yeah, right. I feel like I maybe, I might be making this Carlito's up. Way, like Facts. all that. I feel like I was like, did he tell you a joke? Because remember oh. in like, Traffic, he's like, let me tell you a joke. Let me tell you a joke. Oh, yeah. You know what? He was he was actually hanging out with us. And he, he was like, hey, like there was like, you know, crew of creatives hanging out. And he's just like, hey, do you guys want to make a movie with me? And I'm like, I'll think about it. <laughs> you know, that's just like, you know, what do you do? What do you say to that? Like, mm, yeah, sure. <laughs> let me play this cool. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to make a movie with you and Luis Guzman too. So yeah. you know, what I mean, get out. It was rad though. Word up, word yeah. up. And uh, you know, clearly Driven's done a lot since then. But yeah, just kind of, what's the like mission? What are y'all sure. getting after? Or whatever. Yeah. So. Like I was saying, Joe and I started sharing an office in 2007, mm-hmm. and um, and we were, you know, like I said, encouraging each other. He had Right Side Production, I had Driven Studio, and you know, we for there was like many years that all of a sudden we're just passing invoices to each other. Like I'd invite him to work on a Cause you project with me, skill sets type. Yeah. yeah, and he would do the same. We'd go back and forth, back and forth, and then, um, um, in 2016. Uh, well, 2015, we started talking about a potential partnership and, uh, in 2016, we decided to like, you know, pull the trigger and and go all in. So prior to that, you were just the main proprietor of, uh, like, so I, I, I had like, uh, two employees. I think it's not driven, had two employees and right side might've had like three employees or something like that because media was changing. Yeah. So brands we were working with, they needed a lot of blogs. So write copywriting. So we had to hire a copywriter. Then it was... Uh, photography and video. And it it just made sense. We were doing too much shit we all used to just be able to do. Now we need a Brett LaCour. Now we need a... Yeah. 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 Brett LaCour. Yeah. Definitely crushes it. Yeah. But yeah, so 2016, we we partnered, and here we are, 2023, and we're going strong. We're, uh, I think we're 24 employees, you know, and yeah, it's it's awesome. Did I hear a rumor? I don't know if this isn't true. We can edit it out that you might be moving over to uh, the South End. 
Yeah, boy, rumors are getting out there. Yeah, no, we yeah, are. I got we're, my ear to the ground, fam. We're working on a new I got uh, my ear location. To the ground. Yeah. yeah, don't ever think I'll be slipping. <laughs> yeah, we're. Uh, we're you know what people think I do? They think I sit at home, listen to rap music. First of all, I don't listen to rap music. If I do, it's from like the nineties. <laughs> I, God, there's nothing I'd rather do less than listen to this new rap. I don't listen to rap. I'll be listening to like Fleetwood Mac. Maybe some like Jimi Hendrix or like Rage Against the Machine. Okay, so there you go. There we go. <laughs> also, like I write poetry. Oh, I got a soft side too. No, anyway, I got my ear to the ground. I was I was in uh, with my mom hanging at Brown to Beer, and someone who I'm tight with was like, "Oh, this thing." Oh yeah. Popping, so you know. yeah, yeah, we're working on it right now. That's we probably cool. won't be moving till end of summer. Yeah, big moves take time. Yeah, yeah, that's dope. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah, we're excited. Fuck yeah. Well, I'm so, I'm proud of you, all right, and all your successes, absolutely. And uh, you're a family man, mm-hmm. right? Uh, father of two? Yep, two girls, Josephine Francis. Yep. Yeah, it was cool to see them at the uh, talent event mm-hmm. you guys came to. Yeah. That was awesome. Um, anytime I'm around uh, you, a uh, Raybon, uh, just the squad, I can't help but think about, like, Andy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, about Whistle. And we try to pay homage and, you know. Sure. So, if you will, maybe just, like, speak on what it meant to you or, you know, whatever. Oh, man. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, we, you know, we all moved here around the same time. We had a lot. I mean, we skated a lot together. And, you know, um, it was interesting because there was no, I don't know how to, like, gosh, might have to do some editing on this one, but. Well, here's what I do. I get to about 45 minutes in, and I just throw the emo shit at people, and then they're like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I don't even know where to start. I had so, you know, we had so many times together. Start with first memory. First memory was a skate session. He, was, he wasn't living in Burlington yet. I was living on Willard Street. He and Mike Day and... I think Smiley, St. Albans Smiley, um, were down visiting in the fall, and we were we were all skating, and we were skating. Um, we skated like all afternoon together into the dark, and our whole routine was like skate all day, walk up Pearl Street, stop at Pearl Street Beverage, grab a forty, go back to the house, and just hang out, watch skate videos, yeah. and um, so we invited those guys back, and. Uh, I mean, I remember, like, I had, like, a sticker box from all my sponsors or whatever for snowboarding and, like, just, like, have at it. And those guys were just, like, you know, because oh, yeah. Andy was all into stickers and all that kind of stuff. And so that was kind of the jump off of when we started. And then those guys would trek here come as much as in. they could. Yeah. And then they finally moved here. And What year know, is this? God, this is 95, 96 okay. when they moved here. Right. But Andy wasn't a dog yet. Right. He wasn't even, it, he was Andy. Well, so, like, when I met him, which is um, uh, B-side, Cherry Days, 9, 7, 9, 8-ish, or whatever, people always talk about him being super, like, quiet, which, like, I guess he was, but, mm-hmm. like, not if you, like, talked to him or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he'd be chilling, but, like, he had plenty to say, but he wasn't about to, like, impose. Yeah, okay? yeah. He yeah, he was he was just a humble, nice guy, you know? And he was taking it all in. Yeah, <laughs> for real. But even before he worked at B-side... Um, you know, he was really inspired by the DJ scene. So he's got the skate thing, yeah. snowboards when he can, and he was really inspired by the DJ thing and with way flex. And too steezy at all of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he also, like we were talking about, like, he also, like, had to learn the basics from the beginning. And 
He was working at TJ Maxx. Yeah, yeah. And I don't even think he had a car. And he was like biking down. Yeah, he where, said she re- grabbed him up, like recruited him yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But what, what I'm saying is like he was like saving money and he buy he bought one turntable, mm-hmm. you know. And then he had like the tape deck and the mixer. Actually, I don't even know if he had a mixer yet. But he's like playing vinyl, making mixtapes in into his tape deck, and you know that was the beginning. I don't even think he had the second turntable yet, and it, it was just it was a build. It was yeah. like he had to you know get the money to get the next turntable it was just like a full grassroots build so you were working on b-side when he came on board there right uh, yeah he was already there before i saw oh, he was I, yeah okay yeah all right um because you know when i started coming around y'all were all y'all were there yeah packy lugo packy packy is so important to the oh, burlington skate scene there, honestly the skate park is because all his hard work that's for him and his mom yeah him and his mom that's and good. going to city hall gosh now it's probably 30 plus years ago I love they were by the brick on the Church brick yeah. go yeah. skate packing like, yeah. yeah I mean he was so and he was young you know he was a lot younger than we were and he was like so and you know it took 25 years to get yeah. a, a park but yeah. probably about if I had to guess on a couple grand in fines and numerous boards taken yeah it's a lot different today yeah. right yeah you're welcome <laughs> well shit um no I'm fine um so yeah just in closing or to wrap up the whole Andy experience if you had to like talk about one way that he like touched you and again I'm being email like what just kind of like comes to mind you know what I mean like what's one thing that will always resonate with you about him which is obviously a loaded ass question yeah sure I mean the thing is when you like when you connect with a, a friend on the it could be daily weekly whatever you know he's always greeting you with a genuine smile high five what's up you know just you know, he was always, like, he never, he never, like, vibed to anybody. That was, like, anybody. yeah. Even Billy didn't. Like, everyone felt the most important. Like, yeah. Like, him, yeah. everyone. Even yeah. when, like, he had his, was getting successful and all that. Like, and th- th- he was just charismatic with everybody, uh, yeah. you know? What a G. What a G. Yeah. Uh, what would Andy do? Next time you think about which way you're supposed to operate, ask yourself what yeah, would Andy 100%. do. Yeah, 100%. That's yeah. a good thought. We're blessed, and, you know, we're blessed to have him blessed um so yeah thinking back like about b-side times mm-hmm. and uh my good friend hannah dean you might know who that is wanted me to bring up a couple things <laughs> i'm gonna get too weird with it but so she says this is actually, this is actually kind of hilarious hannah says i probably should have had this already but like i said whatever dude uh Oh my goodness. No way I deleted it. Oh, here we go. And boom. She says, Mary's on the board of directors at Talent now. Which I didn't even know. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah, I think it's been like a year. So yeah. that's dope. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that we, or that I do add much to it, but it's, it's you know, just to hear how, you know, the, the nonprofit talent skate park is operating and trying to support you know having people like you who are in the committee who have been around for a while i'm sure you know brings um you know validity and credentials yeah it's really to support talent and everything that they that dave and hannah have done for the community for almost 20 years you know yep big up big up you made the original talent logo i did yeah um that was like i was probably just getting finished with school and 
Hannah and Dave asked me, and Dave had the idea. You know, it was just like, you know, I just made it kind of put his idea on on computer. Right. So, his idea, but you, yeah, you I, I, fruition. yeah, yeah. Word, word. <laughs> this is hilarious. This not this part. He's one of the most important people in my life, but this is my favorite part. He could sell a mustard popsicle to a woman in a white dress. She says. <laughs> Oh my god! Interesting. I guess what she's well, saying is like you're a good salesman, huh? Well, you know, they, um, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, no, I was a hustler for sure. In terms of like, um, I worked at the B side when she was at the B side. But a mustard popsicle is like Anna. Yeah, what the fuck yeah. is a mustard popsicle? Yeah, love you and Chilo. I think she needs ketchup popsicle, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, like, uh, something yeah. messy to someone in the white. Exactly. There you go. Um, you know, it was like B-Side always had like, uh, you know, you, I don't know, what, you're getting paid like, what, 10 bucks an hour? I don't even know what it was. You're getting 10? Something like that. Maybe. We got to edit that part. <laughs> pretty sure the rest of that. I don't know what it was. Yeah. I, can't, I can't remember, but like, it was like, it was like a commission piece on it or whatever. So if you like sold snowboards or whatever, you can, you can make an extra 500 bucks a oh, month or something like that. So I was always hustling. Just be like, bang, 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 you know, oh, so yeah. whatever. It was just fun. Something so to do. You're upselling and shit, whatever. And, and the fact <laughs> selling. Oh. <laughs> but the fact that you have credentials was that, did people know you when they came in? Like, were people ever like, do you feel like you so. can flex that at all? No. Really? No. I feel like you'd be modest. Um, word. So, let's talk about B-Side for a second, sure. right? Because, um, you know, that's like the beginning for me um, mm-hmm. when it comes to like this whole skate culture or whatever you want to call it. I feel like it was just, it was a family. Like, I felt like you could just roll in and like, I don't know what the dynamic was necessarily with like between y'all who were working there, right? But like being a little kid and going in there, you know, like... We'd be hyped, get off the bus at their school, yeah. like roll in, see like Lugo or Ada or Parker yeah. or, you know, whoever, like the homies up in there. And uh, I just felt like it was a special spot, you know? You I mean? know, I think the skate shops, um, even all over the country, all over the world, like in that time period, was the hub of the skate scene, right? So whether you were working there or whether you were out skating, you were going to go there to meet people because. We didn't have phones. Watch a vid or something. You're going to watch a video because they had the VHS going, uh, you know, yeah. watching a video. But then you're also surrounded by all the product that you just, like, you know, love seeing or whatever it is. And so that was, like, the hub, yeah. you know. And um, so you would go and hang out there for half an hour, hour. Till they made till, you outside and well, kickflip. Yeah. <laughs> but, you you know, talk industry shit or whatever it was or the party the night before or whatever it was. It's just like a... Check the thrasher. Exactly, yeah. and get the new 411, go back to the crib and watch the new video, or yeah. whatever it was. I mean, the routine was like, get up, go, you know, get something to eat, stop by the B-side, you know, Jay or Andy were opening the door, you know, maybe, and and then crew would start hanging out, and then it'd be like, okay, let's go skate the church, let's go skate the courthouse, down the let's hill. down the hill, take yeah. the, you know, shuttle up to UVM, go skate there, bomb the hill, come back, and, you know, that's the good old. <laughs> that was the routine but it even you're saying Cherry Street but before that it was on Main Street and before that it was on on North Winooski yeah. when it was like a, a hole in the wall on North Winooski and the uh, one cool story from that was um, really important video that came out was 8th Street Shackle Me Not oh, I think it was course. like 89 of course yeah and um, somehow I still don't understand how they got him here but they brought the three of the 8th Street team guys here it was um, 
uh, Eddie Algato Elguera, who's no the vert pool no skater. Uh, Mike Carroll and Brian Lottie. What? And came to Burlington, Vermont. Came to Burlington, Vermont. Here, so and I don't know if you know this, but UVM had a vert ramp. So once he talked about how he thought that was the case. Yeah, yeah. So speak on that. So UVM had so Andy Coughlin, those guys at the boarding house. Yeah. Some other snowboard guys from that era, Steve Hayes, they had the, um, they had the snowboard club called the Radicools. And then they added some skate element. But they put a legit vert ramp. Where was it? It was um, before the parking lots were there. It was a field up by the water tower. Okay. So up at the water tower at the top of the, of the hill, Crazy. there was a, and I know there's photos that exist of it, but. Um, we got a t-shirt friend on the sends a photo of that shit. Yeah. Seriously, there are photos somewhere, but there is massive. It was two feet of vert. And so um, first vert ramp I ever dropped in on, it's terrifying. Actually, it was 80. Whenever the reggae fest was at um, the waterfall. Oak Ledge. Oh, Oak Ledge, yeah, yeah. We we dropped on the vert ramp before we went to that, but we'll have to talk another about story. That yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, so we had uh, first try. You dropped in, or you get blocked first. I first try, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was terrifying. But Mike Carroll, Brian Lottie, Eddie Elgato Guerra. So Carroll and Lottie jump in my car. We drive them up. Elgato's there. He's skating. He's doing all his like, you know, he he was like it, the trick is named after him, Elgarials and all yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. Lottie and Carol weren't vert skaters, but he's telling them like, hey, show them some of the new flat ground tricks, which they're we really up. hadn't really seen before. Yeah, they're doing it for the first time. Three sixty right? flips. Yeah, like we're like, what? So there's like a whole crew, crowd of people around just watching this like demo on the flat of the vert ramp. I don't know if you know how shook I am right now. Mike Carroll's been like my favorite skater forever. <laughs> yeah, the fact that he was ever in Burlington. Yeah, Eighth Street. That's dope. Yeah, it, it, we were tripping because we we watched that video. Even though he didn't have a huge part in that video, there's but definitely he was a young buck on the come up. And yeah. yeah. Um, but oh yeah, we knew who he was. Brian Lottie was amazing. Yeah. Like, and so those guys skated. Um, when did uh, Lottie skate shop? Is that still a thing? I don't know. I know he's like a fine art painter now. Like something he does. Like his paintings are pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't be fucking jumping down shit forever. Yeah. You know, as you know, mm-hmm. as you know. Um, well, shit, we didn't keep it for too, too long because we wanted to come back again. We are just scratching sure. the surface. But like I said, we're so happy to have you come yeah. through. Uh, can you maybe just speak to some of the people who are aspiring, you know, to have, whether it be, like, careers in, like, a snowboard, skateboard realm or even, like, just starting their own business and, like, hmm. kind of just some, just, like, a piece of advice, if you will, of, like, some, you know, words of encouragement, a little little data boy for them kind of thing. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I think you just got to find something that you're really into and, and um, yeah, I mean, study it, like, absorb it. Just, like, immerse yourself completely into whatever it is you're into, like skating for us, you know? I mean, skating since I was 13. Yeah. And, kind you know, of... I still look at it every single day. I still read about it. I've got Thrasher, you know. I Not lucrative. Um, but still, but make best friends in life of it. Yeah. I would never change a thing. But I would say like whatever you're into with video production, like just start making videos, you know, like whatever it is, you know, just gotta, gotta put the same work ethic you did into skating yeah. is you gotta put into your work. And take the first step, right? It's like, you always gotta do the first step. Cause I feel like that's kind of the most intimidating thing for people. They're like, 
but and you're like, oh, you're thinking about like this whole other thing. Like yeah. you gotta, you just gotta start. Like do that and yeah. then do that. I, I mean, the the other thing is like you can't give a shit about what other people are gonna think about whatever it is you're doing. Oh, like as soon as you do that, your game is over. Oh, a thousand percent. You know, yeah, a thousand percent. I mean, and I think guys from my era, like the world hated skateboarding. Yeah. It actually. You know, it hated it. And nobody gave up, you know? Like, yeah. and all my friends are still doing it today. Raybine still skates today. Yeah, when Irv I still see Raybon and Darren Rice hitting the streets of Burley, it makes me so happy. Yeah. <laughs> Darren. Darren's amazing. They yeah. both are. I mean, Raybon. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. 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 Straight legends. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because we were talking off camera before about, like, you know, like, I'm 40, whatever, and uh, how we go through, like, I'm kind of in this, like, bitter-ish age of like I don't know like I feel like we paid a lot of dues we worked hard I want to see the next younger generation but I feel like everyone goes through that and it's not like like I I want everyone to thrive like I want these younger bucks to do it but I also want people to realize like the pioneers before you and what they did and like you didn't invent the wheel you know what I mean and I feel like that's one thing that we why we thrived like you know the Kyles you know so like the homies, why we thrive is because we really, like, wanted to add to what y'all had laid down. Mm. You know what I mean? We weren't just trying to, like, uh, just think it owed us anything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, you guys had paid the dues. Like, you built this foundation and all that. And, like, we want to make y'all proud. You know what I mean? Oh, like, I mean, I think, you, I think your, your, your crew, that whole... I'm not saying, like, it's a separate crew so much, but, like, you know, seeing what Bear did with skating, seeing what... Uh, Marshall did, you know, um, Colin, yeah. and today, um, Cookie, Cookie Jordan. and Jordan. I mean, like, watching those guys, it's like, we're proud that they're from Vermont, and they, you know, put it on the map. You yeah, know what no, I mean? Like, yeah, for real. Yeah. Like, and that's like awesome. The reason why that was able to happen is embracing the people who that were the foundation, the pioneers of that, and wanting to add to it, as opposed to acting like it owes you something, or because you're getting the clicks and the likes from your buddy you know what I mean? mm-hmm. like do whatever you want with anything like who the fuck am i you know what i mean but at the same time i feel like the reason why we were able to elevate so to speak and put vermont on the map for skating at that time in that way was because we wanted to make y'all proud and we wanted to be like i want seth to be like damn you know oh, and we were i mean believe me we were so psyched to hear when you guys are going to florida to be at tampa am or tampa you know like we would just like, wow, the guys are really going for it, you know, or, you know, those guys move out. I don't know Cookie all that well, but like just watching him skate and, and Jordan, like. It's incredible. The, yeah, it's great. And it's, you know, we, we may not have crossed paths actually skating, but like there's, we definitely, the older guys have a lot of pride for, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. And it goes both ways, you know what I mean? That mutual respect. So, you know, I guess what I'm getting at is just like people, I encourage people to, Take advantage of the opportunities to meet the OGs. Respect that, you know, ask about these days. And that's kind of like why we do the show. It's like, yo, I wasn't skating in 88. Get me, I was five. I was doing E-Man shit. Sure. Like, like, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? So um, our best resource is each other, you know? And sure. uh, each one teach one, I believe, is a fish song or something. But anyway. I wouldn't know. Nah, <laughs> yeah, me neither. I'm more of a, um, like I said, uh, Fleetwood Mac fan. 
Well, shit. Is there anyone that you would like to give any shout-outs to specifically before we do a little, little wrap-up here? This is always the part where everyone's like, damn it, I'm always going for Oh, I got to say, I really enjoyed the Rep Man show and I definitely, uh, and the Matty L show. Um, that was, yeah, Lock Skates. Yeah. 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 It was fun. Those are very special people. Um, yeah, we're blessed, man. We're blessed. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? We live in a place where people give a shit about each other. Yeah. I mean, it's a cool, it was a, you know, it is a good scene here. You know, we've got a good, healthy skate scene still. We got, you know, good music scene. Yeah. You know? I'm going to see people uh, fixing spots, doing new tricks. I'd like to see more people skating street. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Go hit the park for a sec, warm up, and then get out there, player. Also, like, do your research on the videos. Go watch Shred the Rad. Watch Beerwington, Peace of Time, Family Tree, you know, like, good thing. All those, so that you're not just, like, doing the same shit STEM did 15 years ago. Like, step your game up, <laughs> yeah? Yeah, yeah, straight up. But, uh, pick up yourself. Yeah. All Thanks the for having legends. me. Oh, stop it. And we hope you'll come back. I don't know if you want to, like, blow kisses anyone or... Show any specific shout outs to like the fam or anything like that. Oh, just hey, thanks for having me, and uh, yeah, good luck with the, the golden hour. Oh, bless up. Hey, y'all stay driven out there, you know what I mean? Golden hour episode 29, one of a kind, guys. Yeah. Yo, what a pleasure! What a pleasure. We out. <laughs>